You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon is going to be simply called, But Grow. But Grow. You see, we're all growing in some way, shape, or form in our lives. Some good and some bad, whether you whether you would like to admit it or not. We're all growing in our lives. If I decide to go and work out, go lift weights, I'm growing in a positive way. But if I decide to stay at home and eat all the cookies that we've been baking over the last couple of weeks and to eat all the sweets and all the sugars, well, I'm growing in a negative way. Do you know that even if you're just sitting and not moving, you're still growing, but chances are it's growing in a negative way. I can sit on the sofa and watch sports and not move. I can sit in my office and type on my computer, and I'm still growing. I don't understand it. I sit down there, and I see my dad bod developing right in front of me, but I'm not doing anything. Now, we're all growing in some capacity But we all have to be intentional about the growing that we want to do and how we are growing. And the scripture I want to talk to you today is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is the last scripture. This is the last book of the apostle Peter as he's writing his letters. This is his last verse, the last thing he says as he's shouting out into eternity, as he's writing his letter. He says, but grow... In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Everybody say, but grow. Look at your neighbor so you don't feel alone and tell them, but grow. But grow. That it doesn't matter what is going on in our lives. We've got to make a choice that I'm going to grow. That we have to be intentional about our growth. How am I going to grow? When am I going to grow? What way does it look like I'm going to grow? But grow, and it tells us here, I love the Bible because it answers, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to church, the answer is always going to be who? Jesus. It's always. It's always going to be. You can't go wrong. Somebody asks you a question in church just to say, is it Jesus? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what's going on in your life, you have to choose to grow and to grow in Jesus. I know that situation is rough, but grow. I know that that relationship is failing, but grow. I know that the, the, the finances aren't there, but grow. We have to make a choice that I'm going to grow in Jesus. And the more that I choose to focus on Jesus, the better growth I'm going to have in my life. With growing in Jesus, you should not be dealing with the same issues and struggles. But we want to be like Jesus and grow in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. As Jesus is maturing before he's in ministry... The writer of Luke, Dr. Luke, writes about Jesus, and he says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. 
that as Jesus was growing up, he increased in wisdom and stature, and he also increased in favor with God and with man. Jesus had to do some growing. He had to do some growing up in his life. He had some encounters with God as he grew, and as he grew, he increased in wisdom in stature, and in favor with God and man. Isn't that something that we all want to say in our lives? I, I got saved the day before I turned four. August 27th, 1990 is when me and my mom prayed in my bed before I went to bed to get saved. And there has definitely been some growth periods with God throughout my life. I've gotten mad at God and tried to run away from him. I've had encounters with God at different camps, different churches and prophetic words and different interactions with men and women of God that only God could have orchestrated to help me grow. I don't get here. I'm not a pastor of a church if it's not for growing and increasing in wisdom because I've made some bad decisions in my life. I've done some dumb things. How many have done some dumb things? We've, we've all done some dumb things, but we've grown from those things. But some people seem to stay on this continual cycle and don't understand, why did I fall back into the hole? Why did I fall back into the hole? Because they haven't learned to grow in Jesus. And the more that we grow in him, the more we look like him, and the less we have to deal with the struggles of this earth. Jesus increased and grew. So if he had to grow on this earth, then we definitely have to. And I want to talk about three things that we're going to grow in. Grow in grace, grow in faith, and grow in glory. Grow in grace, grow in faith, and grow in glory. Let's talk about grace for grace. In John chapter 1, verse 16... The writer of John speaks and he says, of his fullness, talking about Jesus, we have what? All received and grace for grace. So there's an opportunity for all of us to receive the fullness of Jesus. There is no stipulation on your socioeconomic level. There is no stipulation on your age, on your sex, on your gender, on your political affiliation. It doesn't matter if you are a son and daughter of Adam and Eve, if you were born through that whole genealogy because Jesus came to set all the generations of Adam. He came to fix Adam's mistake, and because of Adam's sin, we all encountered death, but because of Jesus' sacrifice, we all encountered his love. And so Jesus came to free Adam, and when he freed Adam, he freed everybody else that was a part of Adam and Eve, including you and me. And we all have access to the fullness. We can all receive it. I've told this kind of joke before, but when I became head pastor of the church, I did not have an angel come visit me and give me a golden Bible and say, here is the pastor's Bible, now you know all the secrets. I wish, I'm still waiting on him, if the angel wants to come, stop on by. I didn't receive a golden Bible, I didn't receive some type of special card that I can flash when I need a miracle immediately. 
nothing special about being a pastor. We all have the opportunity to receive the fullness of God. We all have the ability to access that grace upon grace, grace upon grace. One of the definitions of grace means a kindness bestowed upon somebody what they do not deserve. That's all of us, huh? A kindness bestowed upon someone that they actually don't deserve. The most basic definition of grace. In Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but what are we under? Grace. And so if I'm growing in grace then I've got weed killer that I'm spraying on sin. The more that I grow in grace, the less sinning that I'll do. Amen? Grow in grace, struggle less with sin. The more I encounter God's grace, the more he gives me things that I don't deserve, The more love he pours out on me, the more joy he pours out on me, the more blessing he pours out on me, the more opportunity I have to just have a relationship with him. That song says that the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious face or grace. Maybe both of them. Both of them work. (laughs) The things of this world will grow strangely dim the more I encounter his face and the more I encounter his grace. That the more that I grow in grace, that I choose, even when I mess up, even when I struggle, even when I sin, but grow. I'm not going to go back and keep doing this. I'm going to grow in grace. I'm not going to grow in sin. I'm not going to grow in addiction. I'm not going to grow in the things of this world. And the beauty is that the more grace I receive is then the more grace I can give. The more grace that I receive, then the more grace I can give. Because we all encounter that person that we don't want to talk to, that we try to avoid, that we silence their call, that when they text, we text back, I'm busy. We see that person in the grocery store and we jump to the next aisle But the more I grow in grace and the more I receive the things that I shouldn't receive, then it's easier for me to give to people that I might not believe they deserve to receive. But I'm growing in grace. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, in him, in Jesus, we have, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. How? How do we receive that? According to the riches of his grace. Here recently in the news, there's been talks of several banks failing, right? They've run out of riches. And somehow, someway, we think that God's going to run out of grace to give to us. We think that his bank is one day going to run dry. 
well, I've been, I've been trying to serve God, and, and I've been trying to do this, but I keep failing at this. I keep sinning. I keep doing that. I don't know if his grace is going to help me. Where sin abounded, what abounded even more? Grace. Thank God for his grace. So the more I grow in his grace, then the more forgiveness of sins, the more redemption I'm receiving. We want to grow in his grace. We want to grow in it. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to keep dealing with condemnation. For now, it says in Romans, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want to grow with him. I want to experience his grace. I want to receive what he has because... According to the riches of his grace, we get redemption through his blood. That would be great right there. Redemption through his blood. We are made right in God's sight by the abundance of grace. But God is an abundant God, and he says, you know what? I'll just throw in a little extra. You ever gone to a fast food place, and you order the six nuggets, and they throw in a seventh? You order the fries, and there's just an extra onion ring that shows up in there. Thank God for his grace. God decided just to throw in an extra onion ring by giving you forgiveness of sins. <laughs> what a blessing. What a good God we serve. What a good God we serve that he goes above and beyond to reach us where we're at and grab us and get a hold of us. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. God is not going to run out of grace. He's not going to run out of grace for humanity. He's not going to run out of grace for United States. He's not going to run out of grace for you personally. So therefore, you can grow in his grace as much as you want because God's bank is unlimited, full of grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and it says, God is able. Not only is he able, he's also willing. God is willing and able to do what? To make some grace, to make an itty-bitty bit of grace, a pinch of grace, an eighth of grace. He's able to make all grace abound against you, around you, towards you. And what does that look like? That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. The more I grow in his grace, the more I'll have an abundance to do every good work. And if I'm too busy doing good things, I'm too busy to do the bad things. Pastor Eric and Pastor John used to always say, if you're so busy doing the good, you don't have time to do the bad. If I'm so busy focused on praising God and talking about God and worshiping God and focused on God, quoting scripture, reading the Bible, not as a works-based thing so that he'll approve of me, Daddy, look what I did. No, no, no to have that relationship with him. If I'm so busy doing those things, then I can't, I don't have time to do the bad things. If I'm being led by the Spirit, if I'm walking in the Spirit, he's going to lead and guide me through this life. And I'm coming out of the fire because I'm listening to his voice because he 
pushed all grace toward me. Grow in his grace. There was a, a news article this week where a basketball player, Kevin Durant, signed a lifetime contract with Nike. There's only two other basketball players, NBA players, who have signed a similar contract. Michael Jordan, obviously, and LeBron James. LeBron James, when he signed with Nike, originally he signed a seven-year, $90 million contract when he was like 18. Praise God for him. <laughs> seven-year, $90 million was the first contract he signed. Then he signed a lifetime contract where it was believed, although the numbers were kind of hidden, it's believed that that contract is worth at least a billion dollars over his lifetime. And, LeBron, and Kevin Durant signed a similar, if not the same, contract last week. I believe Ronaldo in soccer has a similar contract as well. They signed a lifetime contract with this company. This company said that whatever you do from now until you die, we are going to pay you to make shoes and wear shoes. It's not a bad deal. Can we get a pastor contract? Is there a... But they don't know what he's, they don't know what LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or Kevin Durant are going to do for the rest of their lives. But they gave them this contract, believing and expecting the best was going to happen. Kevin Durant could kill somebody next week. There might be a stipulation in that contract of if you kill somebody, we'll, we'll stop it. But they don't know what they're going to say. They don't know what they're going to do. LeBron James or Kevin Durant could tear their knee apart and never play basketball again and retire next week. But they signed a lifetime contract that Nike says, we believe in you and what you're doing, and we're going to take care of you from the moment you sign it until you die. Yeah. You see, Jesus, while you were still a sinner, it says, God decided to extend his grace towards you. He decided to extend a contract to you, not just for your life here on earth, if you believe in Jesus, for all of eternity. He extended an eternity contract, if you believe on his son, to give you grace for the rest of your eternity, to bestow upon you whatever. He already knows that you're going to sin. He already knows you're going to mess up. He already knows that you are going to fall short in some way, but he already gave you an eternity contract with his son to experience his blessing, his promises, his benefits, and everything in his kingdom. Grace upon grace. Grow in grace. Grow in that. The more that you grow in that, the more that you set your mind and your attention and your heart that I'm going to grow in grace, you'll see your life starting to turn around. Number two, grow in faith. Grow in faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God. Now, in verse 16, Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation. It is the power of God unto those who believe, to the Jew first and also. And then it goes into verse 17, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Where is it revealed? From faith to faith, as it is written, the just 
shall live by faith, grow in faith. Once again, the answer is Jesus. What is the gospel message? It's Jesus. Jesus died for your sins on the cross. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. By believing on the gospel message, you go from faith to faith. You go from sin to righteous. You go from sinner to grace. You go from unbelieving to faith, to believing. Faith to faith. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we what? We walk by faith and not by sight. Walking means growing. I'm moving. I'm going forward. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. Walking by faith, not by sight. Most people think that fear is the opposite of faith. But the scripture here tells us it's not fear, it's seeing. What's the opposite of faith? It's seeing. Fear rises up when you see with your eyes of what's going on or what's not going on. I was expecting God to do this. I see it with my eyes, therefore I'm fearful that he's not going to show up. How do I grow is I decide that I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust his word. I'm going to trust what he said and what he did is actually going to be good enough, and it's going to change my surrounding. It's going to change my situation. In Hebrews, it says that the worlds were framed by the words of God. And if you want to frame your worlds from caving in and falling apart, then keep saying the same old dumb stuff you've been saying. But if you want your world to be framed by the word of God, by what his scripture says, then start speaking the word of God. Start building that tower of his word around your house and around your life. I'm not sick. I'm healed. I'm not poor. I'm walking in poverty. prosperity. There we go. I'm not a sinner. I'm righteous. God is on my side, so who can be against me? I'm framing my world according to the word of God. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. There's no money in the account. My body feels like this. Our relationship looks like this. That's the opposite of faith because of what I'm seeing. I'm going to believe that God's going to show up because I'm going to grow in faith. I'm going to keep stretching my faith. We had um, Mr. Jim's power washer a couple weeks back. And I had heard that the power washer would clean up the 20, 30 years of gunk on our concrete. And I heard that it was his power washer that would do all those things. Now, I didn't go to his house and ask him for a ladder. I didn't go to his house and ask him for a drill or a chainsaw to get the gunk off of my concrete because I heard that there was a specific answer to my problem and it was the power washer. So I heard it was that. I went and got it and I started hooking it up like it was going to do the job. Mr. Jim put gasoline in there. We hooked the hose up to it. We cranked it up. 
We made sure the water was coming out of it. We put the nozzle on it. We started acting like this pressure washer was actually going to do the job. Although I had only heard that it was going to do the job, I started acting and walking like it was going to do the job. And finally, it came to that point where I pulled the trigger, and guess what? It went from black to bright white. And then after many, many hours and more to come, I heard about the answer, and I started acting in the way that that answer would show up before I ever even saw it work. See where I'm going with this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How are you going to grow in faith? Why well, need to hear something different than the old dumb thing that I keep saying or what I keep allowing into my ears? Your body might not be healed right now, but I heard in the scriptures that it says God's a healer. So I'm just going to keep putting all those pieces together until I see it heal in my body. I heard that he can help me overcome depression. I heard he can help me overcome addiction. I'm just going to keep walking by faith and growing in faith, knowing, putting those pieces together, that when it comes time to pull the trigger, I'm going to see the darkness come off of me and his glorious light shine through me. Praise God. From faith to faith, but grow in faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20, talking about Abraham, it says, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He walked by faith, not by sight. Because his sight said that his wife was getting old. His sight said that he was getting old. The time was going, I can't raise a kid. It's time for me, but he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened, how? In faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God, which means he changed what he was saying. Giving glory to God, and we'll talk about the last thing, glory to glory, means praise and worship. Praise and worship, which means he had to open his mouth and change what he was saying. Boy, that woman is looking old today. Boy, look at my body. I'm getting old today. But God promised me a son. God promised me that I was going to be the father of generations. He had to change what he was saying, although his sight was showing him something different. He said, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to grow in faith. I'm going to strengthen myself up in faith, giving glory to God. And although it took some time, his situation changed. Although he tried to have a baby on his own, eventually, God showed up. God showed up, giving glory to God. Strengthen yourself in faith. And the last thing I have is glory to glory. But grow in grace, grow in faith, and grow in glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, look at this, into that same image, into that same exact image of the glory of the Lord. 
Oh, to be just like him. To look in a mirror and see Jesus. To see his glory in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That I grow in glory. Now, there's one aspect of the definition of glory that is praise and worship. Now, we're not looking to receive glory like we glorify God. We're not looking to receive that, that praise and that worship and that adoration. That's what Lucifer did, and it didn't work out well for him. He was looking for the glory of God. We're not looking to receive the praise and the worship and the exaltation that we see in the Scriptures. But the other definition is what we're looking for. It means a most glorious condition, a most exalted state. To be exalted from the current place that you're in, the current situation that you're in, the struggle that you're in, that I can't go where I want to go, with God's help, he can bring me up to a higher place. He can help me overcome sin. He can help me overcome the world. He can help restore that relationship. He can help do the things that I can't do. He's exalting me bringing me up higher to a place that I never could have gone because of grace. I didn't deserve to come up here. I didn't, get, I didn't deserve to be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. I didn't deserve to be brought in to the new covenant. I didn't deserve any of those things, but he glorified me. He exalted me into that position. And I want to grow in glory. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to be on the same level of a relationship with God my entire relationship here on earth. Every year, I want to be glorified to another step with him. I want to have another encounter with him. I want to hear his voice clearer. I want to have uh, dreams and visions with him speaking and helping and loving the most exalted state, taking me from glory to glory. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul writes, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. This is among you, which is Christ in you. What is it? The hope of glory. Everywhere that word hope is in the New Testament, it means the expectation of something good. We have a very skewed in America what hope is. I hope I win the lottery. Fingers crossed, I hope the government doesn't fail. I hope World War III doesn't start. The expectation of something bad. But in the New Testament, that word hope always means the expectation of something good. Growing in faith. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. I'm always expecting good to come out of the situation. For God works all things to the good, to those who are called according to his purposes. See how these things are interlocked. As I'm growing in grace, I'm also growing in faith. As I'm growing in faith, I'm also growing in glory. I'm not growing as the world wants it to be. I'm growing in my relationship with him. And the more I grow in my relationship with him, the better my surroundings get. The better attitude I get, the better that I change in what's going on. And if God is willing to reveal a mystery this big, Christ in you, the hope of glory, what else is he willing to reveal to you today? If he revealed this massive mystery to Paul, he wants to reveal even more 
to you. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. I'll have you out of here before this storm blows through. For it was fitting for him, talking about Jesus, for it was fitting for Jesus, for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing where? Many sons. Where is he bringing them? To glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Oh, there's our word, Miss Karen. Hate that one. Bringing many sons to glory. Where does Jesus want to bring us? He wants to bring us to glory. He wants to exalt you. He wants to get you out of the miry clay. He wants to get you out of that sin conscious thinking. He wants you to get you out of that condemnation. He wants to get you out of those insecurities. He wants to exalt you. He wants to bring you to a higher level in his kingdom to help you, to love you. Starts with grace. Starts with faith. Starts with glory, but grow in these things. Have you ever gone back and eaten some of the old snacks that you used to eat as a kid? I looked at some snacks that we used to eat back in the 90s. Have you gone back recently and ate some Chef Boyardee? Some of those lasagna things in a can. My kids enjoy the 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 fruit things, uh, not gushers, but the fruit snacks that have like Batman or Scooby-Doo or whatever. And I ate one of those packets the other day. And I swear I was eating the bag. I, I thought, did I just put the whole bag in my mouth? Because it just tastes like plastic. I know it says no artificial flavors or colorings or all that, but it doesn't taste. It tastes disgusting. How did I eat these things? Chef Boyardee. Have you gone back to Chuck E. Cheese and ate that god-awful pizza? You might as well just eat the cardboard. (laughs) But we have this nostalgia of what happened in the past, how it was such a good time and how much we enjoyed it. I bought the kids the other day. We were at a gas station. I bought them ring pops. I thought, oh, God, those are disgusting. I can't believe we used to eat those things, and I don't even want to read the ingredients of what it is or isn't. But we have this joy of this nostalgia of, boy, those were the good old days and how much we enjoyed it. But it really isn't. And so many people, as we grow in Christ, we always go back to when we got saved. Boy, I remember that year I got saved. I was so on fire for God. I remember that movement in in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, whatever decade you want to throw yourself in. I remember when I got saved and what God did back then. Boy, I I just really enjoyed those moments. But I'm not as on fire for God. I'm I'm not as hot as I used to do. But it says here that he wants to bring us from glory to glory, from one exalted state to the next, to the next. I shouldn't be talking about the past experiences. I should be talking about the glory that I'm walking in right now and the glory that he's taking me into. But grow in glory. That I'm excited for where God's bringing me, not talking about what God took me out of. Pastor Eric always tells us, quit talking about how you came out of Egypt and talk about the promised land that God brought you into and is bringing you into. Last thing I have, as we get older in the Lord, We always seem to talk about the day or the movement we got saved in and how good that tasted. We enjoyed the glory when we first got saved, but we truly need to believe that God wants to take you from glory to glory, not before we end up in heaven, 
not talking about that glory. I'm talking about the glory right here, right here on earth. And yes, one day we'll go to heaven and we'll experience that glory and all that it's going to be. But God wants to do something in your lives now, today, and it starts with you choosing to grow. Let's stand up as we hurry up before those dark clouds so you can get to your car. Choose today, no matter what, to grow in grace, to grow in faith, and grow in glory while still on earth. I beg you, but grow. No matter what situation you're in, choose to grow. Father, we thank you that you're going to hold off this rain for a couple more minutes so we can get to our cars. I thank you, God, that you're a good God. I thank you that you care about us. We might not have been growing for these last couple of weeks, this year, or for decades, but Father, today we choose to grow in your grace. We choose to grow in your faith, and we choose to grow in your glory. So Father, I thank you that you help these people as they go about their days to remember that they're going to grow specifically in what Jesus has for them. Father, I thank you and pray scripture over them right now, that they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They're blessed where they are right now, and they're blessed in the place that you're taking them into. Father, I thank you that everything they put their hands to prospers. They have the mind of Christ. Their body is the temple of the Most High God. And by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed. Father, I thank you that this week we will go and be the salt and light of the earth. Now, Father, bless them, protect them, and cause them to prosper in everything they do and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Rain, hold up in Jesus' name. Y'all get to y'all's cars. Stay safe. God bless you. We love you. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.